<laughs> Hello, boils and ghouls. It's your old pal, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to the Horrorcon Lounge Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Horrorcon Lounge. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jeremy. It feels so long since we've recorded an intro like this. It's I almost like forgot what I'm supposed to say. Well, I'm pretty sure it'll be <laughs> or whatever it is. Well, yeah, that comes <laughs> <laughs> that comes before us. Mm-hmm. But okay, that's technically the intro. Yeah, I know, but we still got to do our like welcome to the horror con lounge stuff. Um, those. I just forgot for a minute. I'm like, that was my best crypt keeper. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Okay, sorry. I'm in a happy mood. Well, good. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Because I'm about Mm -hmm. to bring your mood down real fast. Oh, boy. Here we go. (laughs) Debbie Downer. Uh, I love on Facebook. Noah always tells everybody, Kristen is really picky with her movies. (laughs) Kristen is really picky. hates Night of the Living Dead. (laughs) Hey, um, I bought that on DVD this past week, so... I know, you fucking weirdo. Maybe I'm just a closet fan. That's okay, because I thought about this. I bought that one Danielle Harris movie that I wasn't a big fan of, so... That's funny. I'm guilty of it, too. It wasn't... When we did The Victim and we did... Shiver. Shiver, that was the one. I found it for, like, two bucks, so I bought it. Well, so that's the thing. I was at, like, um, a discount store type thing where they like have just a bunch of random shit that they sell at discount prices mm-hmm. and the dvds i think it was like four dollars for one or two for five and i really wanted to buy spiral because you know we're going to be doing a saw ranking at some point so mm-hmm. and i don't have that's the only one i don't have so i bought that and then there was literally nothing else i wanted like but of course i can't pass up a deal so I just bought that to be a smart. I bought Night of the Living Dead to be a smart ass. I was a horror fan. That's a classic. So yeah, a, a classic that I love deep down in my heart. Doesn't hurt to own it. So I bought the special edition box set when it came out a few years ago. Well, aren't you fancy? Frig, yeah, I am. Frig off. Oh my gosh. My aunt said that the other day. <laughs> and she's like, the thing is, she's never freaking or who said it i don't think it was, someone said psycho gorman psycho gorman no no no. i'm saying like someone in my real life said frig off and i just like laughed in my head because i'm like they have no idea like uh-huh. why this is so funny to me right because it's someone that someone said it that they wouldn't have seen the movie and i was just like chuckling oh okay gotcha so enough chit chat today's uh-huh. episode is kind of a, a little bit of two things they are Three movies that Jeremy enjoys, would you say? Yeah. Absolutely. And three movies that I have watched previously and did not like. So this is like Kristen's second chances. Yep. That type of thing. And it's also Jeremy's birthday episode. I almost forgot. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. I'm another year older. Thank you. It comes out the day after your birthday, so you'll already be old. I'll already be 36, yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure I have been telling people that you were like 37 and that you were turning 38. Thank you. Jesus. Thank you. I don't know. Um, okay. 
because like I think actually I'm getting that as like you're seven years older than me and then in my head I'm already 30 so I think that's why I say you're 37 but okay anyways sure so then you're not actually seven years older than me that's wrong Mm. (laughs) nope whatever um okay math yeah so Jeremy is going to do a lot of the talking on this episode because I did a lot of the talking the past two episodes since we were doing our little road trip shenanigans but first up is ghost ship this is um rated r and came out in 2002 this is a horror slash supernatural type vibe and it has a runtime of one hour and 31 minutes i saw this in the movie theater by the way oh my god you are so old i don't even think i was allowed to see this in the movie theater well i don't this one may have been rated r but Actually, I know it was. I was just going to say, literally just told you it was rated R. (laughs) But I don't think it was all that bad, minus the amazing opening scene. (laughs) Wait until you hear this Rotten Tomato score. Well, I'm going to start with the IMDb score. 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, that's terrible. Oh, actually, before we like really get started... Out of today's three movies, we're talking about Ghost Ship, Children of the Corn, and The Thing. Which mm-hmm. of the three, upon my second, third, or fourth viewing, I mean, because I tried to watch Ghost Ship like four times, um, but which one do you think is now highest on my list out of the three? After giving them all a fair second chance, what do you think I like the most out of them? Or you can say all of them, none of them. Or one, you know, I just want like your, before I talk about them, because you are always really good at pegging, like when I talk about stuff, if I like it or mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of want your thoughts beforehand. I'll say The Thing ended up being number one, Children of the Corn, number two, and Ghost Ship, number three. Okay. Interesting. So budget was 20 million. Box office guesses um 47.28 million 68.3 million damn (laughs) so you you aren't that far off okay this was directed by steve beck who do you does that name ring a bell to you uh no he also directed 13 ghosts oh duh okay yeah so which i love 13 ghosts this was Shot in Australia and British Columbia. Okay. In case you were wondering. So it's got a pretty small cast. We've got um, Gabriel Bryan as Sean Murphy. Juliana, I can't say half these names. Juliana Margulies as Maureen Epps. Um, She's in fucking way too much shit to list what else she was in okay um she's yeah like tv goddess um ron eldard as dodge desmond harrington as jack he was supposed to be at monster mania a year or two ago he was in dexter wrong turn and also i love him from gossip girl um but you wanted him did you have a ghost ship poster for him to sign i do have a ghost ship poster yep okay Isaiah Washington as Greer, and he was on Grey's Anatomy. He played Dr. Burke. Not that you watch Grey's Anatomy, but 
Alex, wow, excuse me, I can't read. Alex um, Demetrides, I've, wow, holy shit, I butchered that, as Santos, Carl Urban as Munder, and Emily Browning as Katie Harwood. Um, she was in Series of Unfortunate Events, The Host, and The Uninvited. So she's like got a lot of horror stuff going on in her resume. This, For sure. So um, Katie Harwood was the, the, the little girl in the movie. Okay. Yep. Okay. Now she's 34 years old. So that should make you feel old. Yep, it does. Because I can't believe she's freaking 34 now. Yeah. But go ahead and I'm done rambling. Go ahead and tell us about Ghost Ship. Well, if you have not seen Ghost Ship, I will tell you that the opening five minutes consists of one of the craziest kill scenes that you will ever see in a horror movie. Do you think that's a fair statement? Yeah. Okay. You have an old time like party taking place and they are just relaxing on the ship, dancing to music. There is this, they're trying to portray this like hot, sexy. Um, Francesca, Italian woman. Italian woman. There you go. I want to say Mexican, but I knew that was wrong. Italian woman. Very singing. 60s vibes. It's a yeah. 1962. Yeah. First off, though, the opening credits like were pink and swirly and like romantic. It's almost like we were wa- not watching a horror movie. They were like cute and girly and very old-timey and stuff too it was just weird well and she's singing a love song like a love opera e type song senza fine is the name of the song okay so all these passengers are dancing to this song and eventually you get your crazy kill scene where this wire just kind of whips across the dance floor Yes, but it I don't even know how it happens. It just kind of all of a sudden breaks loose. No, you see a hand like kind of lift something to kind of fuck with it. Trigger it, yeah. Yeah, trigger. That's a, I always just curse too much. Oh my god. Trigger mm-hmm. is a more appropriate word. So this wire starts like whipping and you see like plants get ripped in half. You see glass get shattered in half by this wire. And next thing you know, you come to a scene where the young girl, Katie, is dancing with the captain of the ship, and she's short enough that the wire doesn't affect her, but she looks up, and the captain of the ship just has blood, like, spewing out of his mouth, because (laughs) he's been cut in half by this wire. That literally every person has been cut in half except for her. As has every other passenger on the ship. Exactly. So it's this absolutely crazy beginning where all these passengers die with because of this wire. And their bodies like just like slowly like slump <laughs> to the ground. Like it's yeah, so there's, weird. There's actually like this, I don't want to say it's comical, but it is kind of comical. Oh, I would say so, yeah. Where you see like the upper half of bodies trying to like pull the lower half of their body back towards them. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a little goofy but it was a fantastic kill scene just unbelievable yeah absolutely so you fast forward and it's i don't know like 40 years later maybe yeah there is this random ferryman jack who 
kind of gathers this small um, fishing team together who look for like artifacts in the sea. They kind of rescue deserted ships or they go searching for, you know, like cargo that they can make money off of. Like that's how they make their living. So he ultimately convinces them to go out to this big ship that he says is just floating randomly out there. There's nobody on it. They, they're very skeptical because they're like, why would you tell us, you know, why didn't you just kind of get it yourself? And he's like, oh, I can't, I don't have the tools or I don't remember exactly what he says, but right. long story short, he gets them to go out to the ship. They get there and they're blown away by the size of this abandoned ship that is completely empty. It's pretty crazy how big it is. It it reminds you of the Titanic, just kind of looking at it. I was it. just going to say that. I'm like, it's like the Titanic. I'm sure it's not that big, but the movie really portrays it to be this huge abandoned ship. So he gets them there. They get on the ship. They're all kind of excited and happy and, you know, hey, we got to get this thing back and, you know, cash in whatever it's worth. But as soon as they get on the ship, the one lady, Epps. Yeah, the, the main girl. Yeah, I don't remember her first name. Maureen. She, I think they call okay. her Epps, though. She goes by Epps throughout the, yeah. the movie. That's why yeah, I was like, exactly. why do you want to know her first name? Yeah, Maureen Epps. So she actually sees the ghost of the little girl first but she chalks it up to like ah, we're way out in the sea and i you know just must be imagining seeing her whatever the case may be well these guys and gal <laughs> are all exploring the ship and they get to a point where they see like not only is the ship worth money, but there's treasure on this ship. Yeah, they find like nine cases of like filled gold bars. Yes, like full on, you know, solid gold bars. And they're like, well, at this point, fuck the ship. We got the gold. Yeah. But then something happens to their boat that they had anchored to the ship. I think yeah. it blows up. It sure does. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, it's basically, you don't really see what happens, but, like, a supernatural type thing happens, and you see the propane tank, like, slowly open, mm -hmm. um, causing a gas leak. So when someone goes to start it, it explodes, and that also kills one of the guys in the process. Yes. So... They go from, okay, you know, fuck repairing the ship. We'll just take all the gold back to... Now they don't have a fucking choice. Yeah, oh shit, we have to repair the ship. And they determine that it's sinking not super fast, but they need to get to work because they don't think it's got much longer before they're going to go down. Right. While they're trying to repair the ship, one of the funniest scenes was two of the guys go to eat like canned food off of the ship Ugh. and it is just like loaded with maggots it's a pretty disturbing scene 
that one definitely stood out and it was a great visual too because they didn't like force anything weird it's just they eat these maggots and they're like and they, gross you know, gross gross spit them out but they come up with a plan on how to restore the ship they're trying to have walkie talkies and ways to communicate with each other because it's again portrayed to be this gigantic ship so they all go their separate ways and that's kind of when things start happening um epps is getting warnings from the little girl katie but she doesn't she doesn't realize it at first it takes her a while to kind of finally figure out because she's kind of scared of katie initially i fucking would be yeah she she has this like creepy smile on her face she did she the little girl did a great job in the movie she doesn't say a whole lot but she does a great job of just looking (laughs) creepy right but while they're all separated they initially they start to get water off of the boat and you know they're all celebrating because it's like yes we're gonna be able to do this we're gonna fix this thing up we're gonna get out of here one of the lines clogs and the one guy munder has to go down they they do a rock paper scissors to like let's see who has to unclog this thing munder loses which is a theme throughout the movie he always loses but anyway he gets down there and something happens where the gears start up on the ship and it just pulls him in and totally crushes him to death yeah and the next thing you see is blood coming up this tube that was clogged to kind of indicate that, you know, he's dead. Yeah. There is a point where they start to get suspicious of Jack. They actually shoot him with a shotgun and they just assume that he's dead, but he isn't. Um, they're they're still trying to fix the ship, but I th- it gets to a point where they kind of realize like the thing that kills everybody on this ship is the gold. Basically, like greed kills. Yeah, and I think you goes... kind of skipped over like one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when. Okay. Katie, unless I like zoned out and you talked about it and I missed it. Um, like Katie's ghost is showing Epps like what exactly happened on the ship 40 years ago. Yeah, so I was just gonna talk about that. I'm I was about to yeah, must have been that, a little out of order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened before Munder, like or around the same time. Um, but yeah, yeah you can talk about that because it's a lot. Yeah, so it ties in the gold and you start to see that. Francesca was in on the initial killing because they were going to split kind of the profits. It's like but so they're... weird. At, like they show you like it looks like the kitchen crew is the one that set it up and then it turns into this other guy and then like Francesca betrays the other guy and it turns out to be her and they reveal it to be her and Jack working together. Right. But ultimately Jack was the one responsible because they set that up even better than the opening kill scene. I loved Francesca's kill. 
Oh, uh, with the hook. With the hook. Yeah. Yes. I fucking love that. Yep. Jack kind of stages her at a spot perfectly and just kind of has her stand there and a hook comes out of nowhere and just grabs her in the side of the head and, and hoists her up and yeah you get a really good visual there yes especially for being early 2000s it's great yes agreed and that is when epps sees jack's face yes so she knows but she has to pretend like she doesn't know right that's you're talking about them getting suspicious of jack that's why i brought that up so i'm like because mm-hmm. that's i think kind of also why she's more like okay something's not right yeah, no, that's that was I'm glad you jumped in. Um they end up deciding that they have to blow up the ship and try and get rid of it because basically anybody who's greedy for the gold ends up dying because the ship is bringing people to help it stay afloat essentially. And what I absolutely love about this movie is you're left kind of on a on a what's the word i'm looking for cliffhanger there you go perfect because at the very end of the scene you see the entire crew starting to load up another ship and jack walks onto the ship behind them well because epps actually detonates the explosives and so you think jack is like blown to pieces Mm -hmm. um and then so epps is like the only one that escapes um and she's found and she's being loaded into the ambulance like you said and that's when she sees jack and she just like screams yeah and that's how it ends and i love that yeah because they they didn't make a sequel they just left you on that cliffhanger of (laughs) jack's recruiting another crew that looks exactly like hers (laughs) right um so what do you think round two of watching this movie or three or four apparently i was just gonna tell you um children of the corn would have been my second watch and the thing would have been my second watch ghost ship good lord i own this movie and let me tell you i've tried to watch it probably three or four times already um each time i get a little further but and this time I almost didn't finish it, to be honest. I, I'd, you know, watch it for a little bit and then I'd get fucking bored. So I'd pause it and go do something. And then I'd come back and I'm like, okay, we're going to finish it out. We've only got an hour and 10 minutes left. And then I'd watch like 20 more minutes and I'd pause it. And then eventually I got to the point where I'm like, I fucking can't do this anymore. I'm like, I'm so over this movie. This just, I tried to give it a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance. I'm like, it just sucks. I hate it. And so I stopped watching it for like, three days and then like wow i randomly like came back and i was just like you know what like i fucking said i'd watch these movies like if i can make it through night of the living dead i can make it through ghost ship (laughs) (laughs) oh sure enough after i took a break for like three days and i played the movie from where i left off i because the first couple times now like the first three times i've watched it haven't been like recently it's like once when it first came out and then a couple years later and then a couple years later you know um but i'd always start from the beginning and i'd always just be like bored 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 um and then this time like i gave it a little break and i didn't start it again from the beginning because i literally just watched it three days ago Mm -hmm. i just picked up from where i was where i left off and i am so glad i picked up 
where I left off because I like must have stopped like right before the good stuff started happening. Um, yeah. Because the beginning, like, I'm not gonna lie, the beginning is fucking boring as hell. Like, you get the opening kill scene, that's fine and dandy. And then as soon as it cuts forward 40 years, it's fucking awful. It's so boring. I hated it. But then, like, 60 or 75% of the way through the movie, it really picks up. And then it's, like, action-packed for the last quarter of the movie or whatever. Um, So that was really good. It was just too much of a slow burn than I care for. Yeah. Like, I really liked the ending, like, when the everything was actually happening. But I feel mm-hmm. like it just took way too long to get there. Yeah, because it was such a good swerve. And then another swerve. And then another swerve. Yeah, but, like, once everything started happening, it it was really good when it picked up. But it just took too long to get there, in my opinion. Gotcha. Um, I'd give it, like, a 6 out of 10, I think. Okay. I'd say an 8 out of 10 for this movie. I like it a lot. Yeah, not not one of my all time favorites, but definitely one that I go back to from time to time and yeah. I enjoy it. I like the cover art on the DVD. Yeah. Or I should say the poster, whatever, you know. <laughs> all right. Next up is Children of the Corn. This one is rated R as well. Came out in 1984. This one is more of like a horror thriller. And it has a very, very similar runtime of one hour and 32 minutes. So it has a 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb and a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. And this one made my short story list, if you listen to the Stephen King episode. It did, yeah. So The short story is brutal, let me tell you, in comparison to the movie. But yeah, the movie didn't make his list, so can't like it that much. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yes. I know. There's a million Stephen King movies, I know. Okay, so the budget was 800, excuse me, $800,000. What do you think it brought in at the box office? Uh, 15 million. I don't know. Very, very close. Good job. It was 14.6 million. Oh, nice. Yeah, this uh, Children of the Corn has more sequels than any other Stephen King film. That surprised me. Yeah. Do you want to guess how many Children of the Corn movies there are? Too many. I I never knew this. That is the correct answer. I'll say nine. Nine. Okay. Um, I counted 12. So like if people are listening, don't take that as like factual because I could be missing some, (laughs) but I counted at least 12. That's too many. It's about 12 too many. Um, Wow. The first time Kristen and I ever hung out I had her watch this movie and she and it's hated a miracle me we're for still it. friends. <laughs> uh, I thought you would like it. It was oh my god. Who the fuck picks Children of the Corn as the f- first movie to watch when they hang out with somebody? I don't know. What the fuck? Well, it technically wasn't the first cuz we saw Halloween kills, kills or ends or whatever. No, we no, saw. no. It was Halloween 2018, I think. No, it was kills. I was going to say, we, we weren't friends that long. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, it was kills. Yeah, okay, so Halloween kills. And then we hung out after the movie, and he, he poked on this of all fucking things. Like, thank God, like, thank God I gave him a second chance to be my friend after this, because he's he recommends really good movies for me typically, but 
this first one just wasn't it, man. It was awful. And I don't think we ever finished it that night. No, we didn't. Okay, because it was so I, fucking boring. I can tell you were not into it. Yeah. Um, so obviously, Children of the Corn, it's about children. Um, the end. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so the two main characters basically are Isaac and um, Malachi. But Isaac is supposedly a teenager in the movie right like right like i want to say he's like 14 15 yeah 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 like um i i did the math somewhere on in my summary but um he's so he's a teenager guess how old the actor was that played him at the time of filming uh 22 24 okay like it's so crazy how actors are always doing that shit like you've got 30 year olds playing high school students mm-hmm. but he looked young yeah i mean he did but and it also i think he was supposed to look like have a older ish look to him just to because he was like the leader in the i don't want to say the mature one but um this one do you remember where this oh you got this one right in the uh 50 states trivia thing um this film is no actually i didn't i got this one wrong i said iowa it was nebraska oh Okay, I thought you got it right. Okay. No, no. Um this takes place in Gatlin, Nebraska, which is a fake town. Um, which I don't know why they couldn't just use a real town. I don't understand the meaning behind that, but whatever. Um mm-hmm. and it's just corn, corn everywhere, corn all the time. Um and it opens up and I okay. I don't know what I was thinking the first time we watched this movie because the second time watching it was very different because I didn't it's almost like I never saw it before like even the very opening scene I didn't remember which is really good (laughs) yeah well so that's my that's exactly where I'm getting to is like how did I not remember that scene because it was really good so I almost think like I pulled some exorcist kind of bullshit on this movie and like we didn't actually watch the full thing. We just watched like part of it. Um, actually, you know, that's what I should have done with Ghost Ship is just watch like the second half of Ghost Ship and I would have loved Ghost Ship and I would have loved it. Um, but anyways, um, it opens up and there's like, it's like a little diner, right? Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, I'm bad at talking about these movies well it's a really great kill scene because they fucking kill everybody well yeah they just wipe out all the adults it's kind of a planned they're in a diner like you said and the kids have this planned out that they're gonna wipe out the adults so they're poisoning their coffee and they're like you know they have butcher knives kind of hidden everywhere and they just slaughter every adult basically so what I'm going to say is I can't talk about this movie because there's not a lot going on. I mean, you've got this couple that is trying to get to somewhere and they can't find their way because it's just all corn and everything fucking looks the same and the street yeah. signs are fucked up and are they looking for gas or what's going on? I don't I think he's. I think he's trying to get to school or a job interview or something to that extent. Yeah. And they hit a kid. 
while do driving. They really though. They well they they do. Huh. He's already dead. They don't. I don't want to say they don't know that because he does he realize because he's a doctor. He's a doctor, correct? So you know they're panicked and they're oh my god this is awful whatever but he's like you know something's wrong here because that kid was dead before i ever hit him right so they end up at this gas station with this old man and he's got a dog and they lead you to believe that he has some kind of deal where he is recruiting people for the kids or so basically we totally skipped over the kids i feel like um it's about like this it's a cult movie, I would say, where yeah. these kids are like worshiping this thing that walks in the corn or thing that grows in the corn or something like some kind of weird, but it's a whole community of just kids. And then once they age out, they got to do this weird fucking ritual, but that doesn't come until later, but it's just all kids. And these two adults like don't belong. Obviously they're outsiders. Vicky um, and Bert are the adults. And the gas station attendant is only there because he's providing them with, like, fuel and resources. Correct. So, um, but it's, like, this weird thing where, like, it's this cult where the kids think that, I don't, I don't know. It's just fucking weird. But. They, they idolize this corn god. But there's two little kids that don't believe. And one, of course, a Stephen King movie, so. A little girl has psychic powers in a sense. Harley wants she, to say hi to you. Yep. So she draws these visions that she sees. And of course the kids think that she's, I don't want to say a witch, but the equivalent of a witch. Right. So they kind of keep to themselves. And of course, Vicky and Bert stumble upon these two kids and the two kids are really nice. They talk to them. They want to be friendly with them. But Vicky and Bert are, of course, being hunted down by these other kids because they're adults. And the idea is once you hit, I think it was like 18, <laughs> you get sacrificed. Yeah. So that was pretty wild. Bert. Is kind of like, you know, you can't do this to adults. I don't know what your problem is. They're initially trying to find like a police officer or a phone to get a hold of somebody because of this body that they found or that they hit and put in their trunk. But Bert's being attacked. Vicky is also kidnapped and she is hung up on this cross thing in the cornfield. Bert gets help from one of the little kids who takes him to a secret, like, underground cellar, I guess you could call it. Right. He gets all bandaged up. Um, they, they offer to help him. In the meantime, another young kid tries to escape. And he's like, don't worry about me. I'll be okay. I'll get help. I'm just going to get out of here. And of course, he doesn't make it because, you know, the corn god grabs him. So Bert notices that Vicky is hanging up in the cornfield. He, you know, makes a plan. 
to save her. In the meantime, Malachi, who's the leader, sorry, that's wrong. Isaac is the leader. But Malachi he, tries to take over. Yes, he's having a lot of issues with Malachi, and Malachi ultimately becomes the leader in a sense. Because Malachi was the one that killed um, the gas station guy. And so Isaac was like bitching at him for that. And then Malachi tries to take over, just tired of Isaac's bullshit. Um, so yes. he, you know, starts a, like a mob, not a mob, but like to get Isaac sacrificed instead of Vicky. Yes. Which was a, just an interesting plot twist. I didn't see that coming. Yes. So they end up sticking Malachi up on a cross as well, which is oh, interesting. Do they? Yeah. Oh. And that's when he becomes like crazy Malachi. Because the corn god like goes inside of him in a sense. Yeah, it's like some real weird shit's happening. Um... Yeah. But Bert saves Vicky. They basically set the cornfield on fire. And that's how they try to kill this corn god. And they... Vicky and Bert ultimately walk away, which is so funny because the short story is so much different. But... um, You know, Isaac ultimately the god... Like, I feel like he goes into Isaac and starts talking and then they like believe like, oh, my God, Isaac did know what he was trying to communicate to us. He really did have the sight. But it just kind of ends with Vicky and Bert walking away and. Well, they've know, got the two kids town. that didn't believe as well. Those two kids survived also. Yes. Um, and it's so weird um, because. Like they have this weird joke like the kids say like well what's gonna happen to us and then like the adults say like oh you can stay with us for a day and then the other one says well how about a week and then the other one says how about forever and they're like well I'll think about it and like they're just like joking I don't know it's so fucked up and weird I don't know yeah um but yeah their car is like disabled because the kids like all stuffed it with corn stalks so they just like walk away like right where the fuck you couldn't even find your way out of this place with your car how do you expect to get out on foot but i guess that's why there's 12 more movies i guess so so um it's hard to talk about this movie because like not a whole lot happens but at the same time it was really good <laughs> but like so i can't yeah i mean it's hard to just like describe because it's like really not a whole lot's going on. It's there's children and there's corn and it's that's about it, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it was good. It wasn't as bad as the first time. Oh, good. Yeah. So it was. There, there was some really bad special effects at some point, and uh, but I mean, it was not bad. It's not the worst movie I've seen. Right. So yeah, I'd I'd give this one. Of six and a half out of ten. Okay. I don't know. I'm, I'm bad at rating shit. I'm another eight out of ten on that one as well. All right. So that was Stephen King's Children of the Corn. Yep. And then that, of course, brings us to our last but not least. 
certainly not least this is jeremy's favorite favorite movie of all time which is john carpenter's the thing from 1982 yeah. uh, rated r this is a sci-fi horror which has the longest runtime of an hour and 49 minutes so i love how we picked like unintentionally picked three different like subgenre of horror we had a sci-fi we had a supernatural and we had like a thriller type oh cool um, so that was fun uh, uh listen to these sco- scores okay um yeah. 8.2 out of 10 on imdb and 84 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah so that, that's pretty dang good yeah like, i think overall between imdb and rotten tomatoes i think this is one of the highest rated movies we're talking about on the podcast like just off the top of my head um mm-hmm. Budget was fifteen million. Do you want to guess the box office? It's around twenty million. I know that nineteen point six mil. Okay, yeah. So the like this film's budget, like I said, was fifteen million. That was substantially larger than the normal budget for films of this time. Like if you think, sure. um, Friday the Thirteenth came out two years before that, and that had a budget of seven hundred thousand. Right. And then John Carpenter's Halloween, which came out four years before, had um, 375,000. And that's a yep. 15 million. Like, yeah. that's insane. It is. Um, another movie with a super small cast. All these movies had relatively small cast. Uh, Kurt Russell as McCready, which also I didn't realize they all had, like, when I looked up, like, the cast list online, they all have, like, job titles. So... Yeah. We've got Kurt Russell as R.J. McCready, who is the helicopter pilot. A. Wilford Brimley as Blair, the senior biologist. Yep. T.K. Carter as Knowles, who is the cook. David Clennon as Palmer, who is the assistant mechanic. Keith David as Childs, who is the chief mechanic. Yep. Richard Dyser as Dr. Copper, the physician. Charles Hallahan as Norris, who is the geologist. I just get a kick out of all these different titles. Okay. You're like, okay, get on with it. Peter Maloney as George Bennings, the meteorologist. Richard Mashore, well, I butchered that, sorry, as Clark, the dog handler. Donald Moffat as Gary, the station commander. Joel Polis as Fuchs. Yep. The assistant biologist and Thomas J. Waite. That's not a J. Let me try that again. Thomas G. Waits as Windows, the radio operator. Yep. So um I wrote two lines for my recap, and then I copied it from Wikipedia. <laughs> Jesus. So and I also erased my two lines. So um, I remember the first time watching this movie and I, my thoughts still feel the same way is like this dog better not die. Do you re- remember I was saying this to you? Yep. The first, I'm like so fucking pissed that they were shooting at this dog. Like yeah. that, how fucking dare they? That's a cute ass husky dog. Okay. Like don't, try to kill it that's fucking rude i don't care if it's 
the thing or whatever bullshit they want to say but like don't don't shoot the dog that's just rude but go ahead it's not a dog but it's a it's a fucking dog it took the shape of a dog but it's not a dog it's a fucking dog oh my god it's a dog obviously like i don't want to see it die on screen because it's a dog well it didn't die there is a gentleman shooting at it with a rifle yeah that's fucked up that's all i'm saying but I'm of just course, they end up killing him in self-defense so Good. yeah great they Good. they put that dog in with the other dogs and you know what happens well that's not my a problem a lot of dogs die well yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> listen that's different because it that's different so they kennel the dog with the other dogs and of course the you know it doesn't dog it doesn't happen right away the dog just kind of lays there but the other dogs have this sense of something and dogs know go ahead yeah it it soon starts to obviously turn into the thing and it destroys the other dogs well, the team has to jump into action and they bring out this freaking flamethrower, which is awesome, and just melt it down. But of course, they don't, you know, wipe out all of it. So they do an autopsy on the dog. And of course, Blair determines like this dog is some kind of other life form. But nobody believes him. Do you want to know how they did the sound effects for the autopsy scene? Sure. They used, I wish at times like this, I wish it was a video podcast. They used paper towels soaked in egg yolk. So egg yolk and like squeezing it and like make a sound like a squishy sound. So real quick before I go on, I don't think you mentioned a cast member that I want to mention here. The voice of the computer? <laughs> you got it. Adrian Barbeau plays the voice of the computer. She's the only female in the movie. To be fair, there's a couple cast members that I didn't list that I feel like weren't relevant to the movie. Um, like the guy that was shooting at the dog. He doesn't yeah, deserve no. his name read. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But um, yeah, Adrian Barbeau's the computer. She McCready's actually playing chess against her. <laughs> yeah, this is my favorite scene in the movie. He gets angry at her because she's beating him. So he like pours whiskey yeah. <laughs> onto the computer and like kills it. Yeah, I love that part. <laughs> yeah. So that was funny. But uh, Blair does the tests on the dog and he becomes extremely paranoid because he knows something's wrong. So they, they're in Antarctica and they're completely isolated. And they went to the campground or like the place where this rifleman came from. And they noticed this big ass ice chunk block that came out of the ground. So they know something big was found, but they don't know exactly what it is. Blair obviously has his suspicions. 
But very quickly, the entire camp becomes very paranoid. They destroy the radio so that nobody can escape. And they get to a point where they start testing the blood of everybody. And the camp is totally against this because they're like, what the fuck? I don't want anybody jabbing me. I don't want anybody. They have to tie them to a chair so that they can't escape, but also so that they can try and determine who is the thing. And they're do they determined this kind of um, test would basically the blood of the thing would get scared of this heated um, wire, like a metal wire. That yeah, I thought that was interesting how they came up with that. Like, I agree. I mean, obviously they're like fucking scientists and meteorologists and whatever. Like, they're smart people, but yeah. I just still thought it was a crazy concept. How they're like, well, this is how we could tell. Yes. So the first step would have been they all have like blood samples in the refrigerator on site however that's destroyed so they tie them they start testing all these blood and of course like you know the guys who are tied up as soon as their blood test is safe they're like get me out of here you know untie me you saw that i'm safe and they get to a point where they do the like shock therapy is that what it, I don't know what it's called when you when they do the like clear and you know they press on your chest well they go to do that and of course they're pressing on the thing without knowing it so their hands just get chomped off by the thing because he you know it eats them whole and that's when they're like oh shit there it is blah 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 there is you know, trouble in the camp. Somebody is um, one of the coolest scenes at this point was when the head got detached. I can't think of who what his name was. I want to say Norris. His, like, the thing detaches from the body, but his head is just, like, dragging there. Yeah. That was really cool. Um, they all get super suspicious of each other. But I don't remember how McCready ends up outside. But he ends up outside for a very long period of time. In fucking Antarctica. Yes. And they're like, there's no way he could survive. It's freezing cold out there. Don't let him back in. It's got to be the thing. So McCready's trying to get back into the camp and they're like, fuck that. No way. You're not getting in. He breaks into the storage room and he has a brilliant, brilliant idea where he grabs like an M8, not an M80. It's like explosives of some kind. And he basically like, take one step by me and I'll destroy the entire camp. So that happens. Meanwhile, they locked up Blair outside because he had gone crazy, paranoid about this thing. I fucking wouldn't too. And he wants to come back inside, but they won't let him. He's like, I'm okay now. I promise I'm better. Right. Like, let me in. And they won't. They leave him out there. 
they're like he's lost his mind he's never coming back in he ends up they lead you to believe he killed himself you don't know if it's the thing that kills him but he dies but he was also potentially putting back together the spaceship that they found which was interesting it's like a flying saucer yeah they tried to destroy that child's during all of this he's initially on guard but then he's missing for a while the generator for the entire camp is destroyed the men have no heat whatsoever this is where you get to a point where you see mccready and childs and they're talking with each other like they're you know old time buddies and what i love about this ending is the whole camp is burning and on fire and the thing doesn't like fire right but you're in antarctica so it's not gonna stay that way forever yeah and the entire time they're leading you to believe that either childs or mccready one of them is the thing but they're talking to each other and they're like if i was the thing i would have killed you by now or if you were the thing you would have killed me by now but we don't have the energy it's fucking freezing let's just you know basically lay here and die type of deal yeah and i think i want to say mccready even offered childs a drink yeah which is which is what leads people to think that he might be the thing trying to poison him but yeah they're basically like freezing to death and they're just like whatever you know and then they share a bottle of whiskey at the end yes and it just fades to black and one of my favorite things about so this movie is a 10 out of 10 for me. It's my all-time favorite. I love the music. That boom boom. Boom boom. This is the first boom, John boom. Carpenter film that he did not score. Yes. I thought that music was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I love the storyline. I love not knowing, you know, who the thing was the entire time. The you know, sitting on the edge of your seat. Who is it? Who did it possess? What's it going to do next? I just loved everything about this movie. The effects are awesome for early 1980s. I mean, obviously the budget helps with that, but. So second time through, you still hated it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. It's awful. Wow. I, I'm sorry. I feel so guilty. I tried so hard. Yeah. I just, I hate it. I can't. I just, I think it's the sci-fi thing. Like, I'll give, it's just not my cup of tea. It's not a bad movie. Like, I would never yeah. give it a bad recommendation. Like, if someone hasn't seen it, I think they should see it. Because, it has great effects. It has great acting. It has a good storyline. I just don't like sci-fi movies. Like, right. it's not my thing, you know? It's a good movie, especially for the time. Even now, I feel like it still holds yeah. up. I agree. It like, hands down. Well. I mean, it's a... You know, you recently watched The Void. Going back to that, do you see some of the thing in that or no? Yeah, oh, 100%. And I did even without rewatching the thing. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I don't, I, just because I personally hate it, like, I don't want to discredit the film 
by any means. Like, it's a good movie. It's just not my thing. Right. (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) And hey, not everything is for everybody. You know, that's the great thing about movies. We all have different tastes. So, I mean, this, for me, it's my number one. But for you, it's probably 1001. (laughs) I will say it's just, it's not the worst one I've talked about on the podcast. Um, Oh, good. Yeah. So your second chance movies, Children of the Corn improved, sounds like. For sure, yeah. Ghost Ship probably improved, even if it wasn't necessarily like. Well, it had to improve because I actually finished it. So that's an accomplishment in itself. There you go. And it sounds like the thing, no improvement there. No. Okay. So now we have to do a second chance movie for me or second chance set of movies for me. Yeah. I want to do that so bad, but like, I can't even think of what you would talk about. Like, well, would you rather would be one, right? Yeah. That's your favorite. Yeah. That's my all-time favorite movie. And Jeremy was freaking falling asleep during it and bitching about it the whole time. And I, I know you're not gonna like it, so that's gonna be a really rough episode for me. Like, yeah. yeah. But other than that, like, I mean, I could think of other movies that you don't like, but then I also don't like them. So I think it's more interesting when, like, you're so passionate about the thing, you know. Um, I hate it. Like, I want it to be something like that where I like all the movies and you don't like them and you give them second chances kind of like how this episode was but I'm I feel like I'm gonna have a hard time thinking of movies or like you thinking of movies you know that's I think just gonna be a tough one but yeah that was my second chances so I had fun doing this one and I wanted to (laughs) I wanted to give Jeremy an episode where he can talk about three movies that he likes for his birthday to celebrate him being old. So I guess. Thanks. (laughs) You're welcome. So I guess we've got a couple months for you to come up with your birth. You know what I really want to do for my birthday episode is like. The Saw movies. Talk about Saw. Yeah. Yeah. Like all the time. All the Saw movies. Although that'll probably make me really freaking sad because I know you don't like a lot of them. Like, <laughs> so that'll be really sad. Well, that's not true. It's not that I don't like a lot of them. It's I'm not big on gore. And I think after like part three, they like they were already pretty gory, but they went like super excessive on the gore. Yeah, hands down. That's why they're so great. Sure. <laughs> Uh, all right, but we will discuss that at a later point. I don't remember what's coming up next week on the podcast, but we've got a really fun ranking episode in the works that we are going to be recording very soon with yep. one but two special guests. Uh, so it'll be very interesting. I think it's safe to say We've got two people that love the franchise, two people that don't like the franchise, <laughs> and we've yes. got two girls, two guys. Yep. It'll be just a fun battle. I think a very productive conversation, and I honestly think this is bound to be our longest episode yet. Um, yeah. I when agree. this one comes out, it's not going to come out next week, but when it does come out, 
I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna be massive. Yeah, and I'm not sure. the type of person, like I hate listening to podcasts and they're like, oh, we reached an hour mark. Join us for part two next week. No, I'm not doing that. Like it's all going to come out in one mammoth four hour episode. <laughs> like I don't care. <laughs> it if will not want, be four hours. But... Well, I know, but I'm like, if you guys want to split it into two parts, have at it. But like, no, I'm yeah. just releasing it as one thing. Right. So those are my second chances. I had fun you know, watching them. And I feel like everything we do on the podcast is like, a, I don't want to say a learning experience for me, but I, when Jeremy first met me, I struggled with movies so hard. Like I'd watch five minutes of a movie and then give up, watch 10 minutes of a movie, give up. It's boring. I don't like it. And then like, I'd watch it for like 20 minutes and it's like, oh my God, it's the greatest movie ever. This is so good. So doing this podcast has forced me to give movies a chance just to begin with is, you know, forcing myself to watch them and watch them from beginning to end with the exception of The Exorcist. Whoops, my bad. Um, <laughs> but, and then, you know, take the opportunity to give some movies second chances that I watched before we started the podcast that I maybe didn't give a fair shot to the first time. And it worked out for some and others it didn't work out and I mean I think we definitely can do a, another second chance episode for me at least because I know there's a lot of movies that you like that I haven't given a fair shot to at one point or another yep. but we will see you next Monday and be sure to follow us on Instagram at the horror con lounge I'm trying to get better about posting each week and you know I think it's really cool. This is unrelated, but Rebecca Kennedy follows us and she likes every single post that I make. And that's so sweet. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. She's a, like a horror actress. Um, she'll be in yeah. Sean Whalen's new movie, Crust. Um, yep. And she's in Two Witches. And so we'll have to get her on the podcast sometime. Yeah. That'd soon. Be but I, every, every time, like I'll post something and I, Rebecca Kennedy likes your photo and it just makes awesome. me happy. That's awesome. So we've got a couple people that like everything I post. So, And we hope that you enjoyed our Contropolis review before this. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and <laughs> time at Contropolis. And uh, our, next, our next show will be what? Nickel City at this point, right? Yeah, Nickel City. So we'll, we'll be doing a Nickel City preparation episode like we've done in the past for like Monster Mania, New Jersey Horror Con, Creature Feature, all those ones. Chiller. Um, chiller we did not do it for contropolis just because there wasn't a big enough selection of guests with good horror movies okay yeah Corey feldman's gonna be there but he was a late addition well that's the thing he was a late addition plus like his biggest horror credit i'd say is friday the 13th which ultimately we'll be covering that at some point in the future on the podcast in a friday the 13th franchise like I don't right. ever want to talk about the same thing with Carrie Elway's like he's in Saw. I don't want to talk. I don't want to watch one of the Saw movies without, you know, doing the franchise. Is, is so, that how you say his name? Probably fucking not. I don't know. I kept saying Carrie Yules. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Dr. Curious. Lawrence Gordon. Okay. Yes. I'm yes. so fucking excited. Um, but yeah. So that's why we didn't do a contrapolis one because we didn't feel like we had 
a big enough selection and we didn't just want to like force out content of like weird movies which yeah no you know. i agree because i only have like three people on my list to meet <laughs> yeah i mean honestly i wouldn't even be going if we didn't have consignments because yeah i'm excited to meet carrie but i just for the gas and ticket and whatever you know i wouldn't be going just to meet one person but right it's, for me it's Corey feldman and then well it was Corey feldman and then the guy who played courage the cowardly dog <laughs> I'm excited to meet Corey Feldman because I've heard some stories like I hear you I'm not like I don't have any reason to want to meet Corey Feldman per se but like I've seen him on wife swap and <laughs> have you seen that episode no he's a I saw, fucking... him on, I saw him on fanboy 13 he was weird on there let me tell you yeah he's a character so like I'm just excited to see what kind of experience I have with him. Like if it's good, bad, whatever, like it doesn't, um, it doesn't matter to me, but because like, I don't like feel any type of way towards him. I'm just interested to see what happens. <laughs> hey, since that alarm went off while we're doing our podcast, what is that for? Jeremy, fix your autocorrect. <laughs> <laughs> that is an ongoing joke. Every day at 8 PM, could- my alarm goes off and to remind Jeremy to fix his autocorrect. I could not figure out how to fix my autocorrect. So Kristen set a custom alarm for one time when I came over for game night to fix my autocorrect. And that's the ongoing joke now. So, And I just, it was an alarm that I had set every day at eight o'clock to take uh, my crazy pills. I'm just kidding. To take medicine. But I just never changed it back because I'm lazy. So it's yeah, always so going to be... Remind Jeremy to change his autocorrect. And on that note, we will see you next Monday.